0: queer mo it's the queer mo cast it's the queer mo it's the queer mo cast welcome to the queer mo cast with kj and shim sham with kj and shim sham yeah hello hello (laughs) we did that at the save time oh kind of gosh. hello i'm i'm kj oh and i'm shim sham and welcome, and welcome to the mocast queer Yay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you would think that after all this time we'd be totally on top of this um <clears throat> welcome everybody it's wonderful to be back with ya how you doing mama
1: well so yeah we were just talking about it so much is changing. The, some leaves are starting to turn. Oh, and I finally. am a basic bitch where I get very excited about fall. Um,
0: There's a whisper in the wind when the wind blows. You can feel it coming. And I'm
1: switching jobs is what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to do a nursing working from home job. I know. Everyone's like, how can you be a nurse working from home? And to them, I
0: say, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) But won't you tell us all here, Mama? How does it work? (laughs) Well, so what I'm going to be doing is
1: I'm going to be working with patients and monitoring their medications and how they change their dosages. And so that's all something I can do from home. And I'm so excited! It's gonna be wonderful. I had to get my Minnesota nursing license, which mm-hmm. we all know we love. We love nursing in Minnesota. We love it.
0: <laughs> well, uh, it, it pays better in Minnesota, which is saying I know something. Minnesota. <clears throat> Minnesota has a
1: nurse union, and I think even if I'm not part of that union, I think we all benefit.
0: <laughs> uh, I think so. Also, uh, a decent chunk of that nurses' union is currently on strike. That's they, what I was uh,
1: hearing, and I don't think mm-hmm. it's about wages. I think it might be about safety and
0: PPE, safety and working conditions. Because ever since the pandemic hit, you know we've we had a <laughs> we've we've had some real ups and downs, mostly downs. Well, uh, I know, the CDC <laughs> at one point said nurses can
1: go back to work even if they tested positive for COVID like <laughs> which is wild w- which was not I'm like you're supposed to be a scientific <clears throat> sorry I keep getting frocky but um it's supposed to be a scientific organization and that recommendation was based on getting p- nurses back to work
0: and well and pretty much everybody the CDC has basically said hey you can go die like <laughs> that's that, 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 that's basically been the guidance recently like oh well shit happens yeah they're like (laughs) go to work they're
1: like if you have COVID and you're symptomatic stay home unless you're short staffed then you should go in
0: and then hmm. just think of how, how hard it is for your manager. <laughs> I just no, it's and actually speaking of covid, currently getting over it myself on this end for the second time. You know how are you doing? Boo. How are you feeling? You know, you uh, like I was hell. oh, thank <laughs> <laughs> you. She's not wrong. I'm um, you look but that's but that's because I just got out of the shower and my hair is still wet. <laughs> um But uh, see, there it is right there. No, uh, I, so we, we, uh, it it happened through work, there was an exposure, one person got it, and then there was sort of a domino effect. Um, And my partner Jay tested positive on Tuesday, and then I took a PCR test on Wednesday afternoon, that came back on Thursday evening as positive. So I technically tested positive on Wednesday. Um, But I started experiencing symptoms on like Monday night into Tuesday morning. So I've been I've been quarantining since Tuesday. Um, <clears throat> And I think technically, as per that CDC guidance, uh, as long as I'm not having any major symptoms and they're on the mend, technically five days I'm allowed to go back to work. At most places, but I am planning on staying home until at least Wednesday morning. I was
1: going to say, I think you only have to be fever free for 24 hours. Pretty much. Although (laughs)
0: every 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 place I work has a different policy The one of one of the gyms that I work, uh, they uh, they they have a policy that you have to um, it has to be five days past your positive test. And the day you test positive is day zero. So, it's five days starting after the day that you test. You can come back as long as you don't have a fever. And that's Um, just
1: it. I think work policies are often stricter because I think CDC guidance is the least
0: strict. It's so loose. And the problem is, is that it's not us who are really like, like, yes, yes, in in our industries, it's still tough. But like fast food workers, people who work in quote unquote essential industries outside of like what are considered quote unquote professional industries. are are really like, they're? it's like, oh, well, are you dying? No? Well, then you should probably get on the line. Like, and it's awful.
1: I know. And like our last episode when we talked about jobs, we know from working those jobs, those jobs have always struggled with staffing. So all mm-hmm. this news about how they can't fill these positions, those jobs have always staffed very minimal, trying to save money. And so yep. now during a pandemic, they can't find workers. It, everyone thinks this is new. It's not new. It, it, it's
0: not new. It just, it feels new because it's on the front page of the newspaper. Mm-hmm. But no, like, lean staffing has fucked us all over yeah. at one point in time or another. And yeah, so no. Anyway, it's just, um, <clears throat> I'm happy and I'm so grateful that I am currently working in areas where if I'm, if I'm feeling like I'm contagious in some way, like, like, let's just say I had the flu instead of COVID, I'd be able to say, I have the flu. I'm not going to be one-on-one or two-on-one in a small room with, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just not going to happen. I'm not going to put other people at risk. So I'll teach from home. Um, I'm happy that I'm in <clears throat> a place that I can do that because five years ago, that would not have been true. Five years ago, would have been, well, go to work or starve. So I
1: know, same with this new job I'm gonna start. I don't think they'd even consider letting people work from home. I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> I mean, I am yeah, it's I am I am so excited for you. And you know, it's <clears throat> it's an interesting time right now. We are um we're entering into like like you said, the the seasons are changing. We're moving from that late summer burn into the fall, which is, yes, of course, we are those basic beaches. We love, we love the fall. We love this time of the year. Um, I, I want pumpkins and sweaters and fluffy kitties. I know, and just like, the, just, uh, I still have a Tumblr. Yes, <laughs> I do. And I do follow a bunch of blogs that are just autumn aesthetics. Mm-hmm. So it's just pictures of autumn aesthetics. And sometimes I will just... Scroll through their feed like, "Here's my serotonin fix. <laughs> Give it to me. Give it to me. That dopamine hit." Um, <clears throat> that was not scientific at all. Um, but uh, it it does. It really, really helps some days because I'm just, I'm not. We're, I'm not a summer gal. I know you're not a summer gal. No. We're just not. Mm-mm. We're. We're not here for the hot and the heat it makes me depressed. I wrote an entire song about it that I wasn't able to record because I've been sick uh, but I was going I was going to make make like a really dumb video about it. I don't know if it's gonna happen now because summer's about to end but uh it's it's just it's it's not my time of the year and we're moving into the best part of the year but the season's changing I feel like always kind of brings about this uh for me personally this nostalgia. Um, I always get very nostalgic in the fall and then like the fall changing into the winter is also a time where I feel very like Warm, fuzzy kin's grandma hugs. Um, to quote Sarah Haskins, a reference that only you and I remember. Uh, <laughs> target women. Um, but that does actually lead us directly into our tarot card for today. What is Which that? is the Eight of Cups, which shows an individual walking up the stairs away from these eight cups sitting on the ground, for sort of facing them, walking out of the darkness into the light. Ooh. And the Eight of Cups, so again, the cups, like we talked about uh, with our last year card, the cups are our cups about deep emotions, deeply held emotions. And I thought the Eight of Cups was actually very appropriate for the fact that you're changing jobs and also going through this transitional time. I'm actually also in the process of completely changing up my work life. And kind of uh, walking away from some things that sort of helped me develop my 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 teaching style and my studio and kind of creating something new for myself. Which details to come. We're still working on that, but it's 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 I'm in the process of it right now. And the Eight of Cups is really uh, about walking away, about making the choice to leave, about making the choice to make a change, and it is about choosing. Um, and sometimes that choice can be very selfless. Sometimes it can feel very self-centered, but ultimately it's the choice that you had to make for you. And sometimes it's very bittersweet. Sometimes there are things that you're walking away from that you're wondering whether or not walking away from it is the best choice, but you know, deep down you are making the right choice. Um, And I wanted to read just this one passage from Queering the Tarot by Cassandra Snow. Um, And uh, I think what they have to say here is really great. In other situations, queer people find that these Eight of Cups decisions are rooting in not wanting to trigger anyone else's trauma response, abandonment issues, or mental health, but knowing that our own are at stake. So I remember you telling me a little bit how walking away from from any job in, in your field leaves it so that sometimes other people have to pick up slack. Right. Like you're you're not there to take care of of the, the, the people or the things you were taking care of. And now someone else has to do it, which gives you that that anxious feeling of. Ugh. And we all have felt that we've all felt walking away from a situation that isn't serving us anymore can feel very selfish, can feel very anxiety inducing. But on the other side, you know what lies on the other side. Change that can bring some relief and I'm curious to know if that does resonate with you at all
1: yeah, in this moment. absolutely. Because so I've been a nurse now for about three and a half years. And um, my first job, I stayed at the longest for almost two years. But then I've changed jobs <laughs> almost yearly since. And so I know that's just different than so many people's experience. And then also I feel like... I feel like in the United States in general, but definitely here in the Midwest, I think um, leaving a job because you don't like every aspect of it is almost seen as like... People are like, well, you're not going to like every part of your job. (laughs) But this most recent job, (laughs) uh, lots of learning, lots of great experiences, but ultimately, um, lots of things I didn't enjoy and I did need a change. And so... I I really like this card, because also I do think it takes um, some courage to be like, I need to make this change for me. And the people around, and that's one thing I've learned throughout all this, too, is that when you first announce stuff, people almost are always going to play devil's advocate right away. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -mm. They never
1: are going to be like, yeah, you should do that. They're always going to be like, well, you better have another job lined up or
0: but what if what 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 about this? Yeah, yeah.
1: so one thing I've learned is you gotta be confident in your own decisions, which is hard because a lot of times you start talking about making a change before you're <laughs> confident in it. Um but you I, I've learned that once you're confident in your own decisions, people get on board because it's your it it is ultimately your life that you have to live. And if you ever make a decision based on what people around you are saying, then if you're unhappy, they're ultimately going to say, well, it's your life. You have to make the decision. (laughs) So you're Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. well, you told me not to do it. And they'll be like, well, you have to make the decision. So that's one thing I've learned. So I'm so excited for this change. Um yeah so and and so what about you you've got lots of projects coming up this fall i know for you a huge struggle is creating a work-life balance because you're a very ambitious person you always want lots of projects um but it's very easy to have your life monopolized by projects and then you're just so stressed out
0: (laughs) well and the 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 issue i run into is that i am an independent contractor which means projects are the only way like different different projects are the only way that i sustain myself in a country that has decided that making a living is the only way that you live otherwise you die (laughs) you starve to death And and also
1: as a creative person and an artist you want to you want to be building up to something and building up to more creative endeavors. But at the same time, you have to. So that balance is so it's not even a comment on you. It's just that balance is tough to do.
0: It's elusive. Yeah. Um, and right now, what I'm in the process of doing is I'm actually paring back my teaching a little bit or changing up the way that I'm teaching so that I have more time to audition for things again. But auditioning for things that pay. Um, because for the longest time I, I didn't live in a place where performing paid, um, frankly, like I, I have a lot of really wonderful memories of performing in Eau Claire, but let's just be honest. It doesn't pay. Um, it doesn't pay to do community theater productions in a small town a lot of the time. And you're giving 20 to 25 hours a week of your time to this production sometimes. And And that includes inside and outside of rehearsal, traveling, everything else, on top of also going to school and trying to work. It's just, it's it's a lot. So now that I have the opportunity to actually perform and get paid for it and build up a resume, I'm working on finding ways to do that, that uh, like speak to me and speak to my queer sensibilities as a performer. Um, and that does mean having to take some risks because I can't. I can't audition for things if I don't have time to audition and rehearse, but that also means I need to have that time open, which means I have to cut some hours back or change up the way I'm teaching. I actually just got hired for something new, which is very cool. Um, I don't want to say too much about it here, but the Hedeman County Theater Trust does a program that goes into schools that don't have a theater program and gives them all of the tools that they need free of charge um, to create a theater program. It's a three-year program. You you go in as an independent contractor the first year and you do a lot of the work with them and you're kind of taking the reins. The second year, it's half and half. And the third year, you're there as just a visual advisor, but they're doing all the work and you're just sort of there as making sure that things are staying on track. And I think that is brilliant and a beautiful idea. And also they work through a major corporation that I'm not going to speak of right here. Um, but that major corporation, if they're going to spend their money that way, they, I'll, I'll take that money. <laughs> uh, if, if, if a major conglomerate is going to spend money on something that's at least benefiting artists in the area that I live, fine by me. Uh, so
1: it, <laughs> So it sounds like your kind of symbolic walking away is kind of just like taking that leap of faith that by maybe doing less things that might make money, you'll have time to do the more creative projects and then having faith that the money will come and the money will be there.
0: That it'll be there. And also that if something doesn't work out the way that I want it to, I've always found ways to either scrump and save for a little while or find another revenue stream. Um, that is something that I know I know how to do. I both know how to function as somebody who has enough money come in, and also somebody who's maybe a little poorer than they'd like to be. <laughs> um, and I've I've learned how to how to be on both ends of that. The one thing I don't know how to do is manage a ton of money, which is why I don't think I ever want that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I would do uh, if I ever actually made a ton of money. <sighs> but well, that's yeah, inside,
1: you know, because it's. It's very stressful to not have a lot of money coming in. And so to be an artist and to be taking that leap of faith, that takes a lot of courage. Because I think so many people have an attitude that art isn't a real career. But then they still enjoy listening to music and watching movies and going to... the. And it's like, so you love to participate in art, but you don't think it's a career? Well, what do you think all those people are doing? What do you think they're doing, Honeybun?
0: Snaps for the ad. <laughs> I mean, the literally, every single thing you look at, every single thing you hear, every single thing you touch was designed, created, like manifested, and then put into production by somebody or a large group of somebodies. There is literally nothing on this planet that wasn't in some way, shape, or form touched by an artist, basically, Ooh, in, some, in some capacity. And that's where I do, I agree, like skilled artisans... In any di- in, in any discipline and I don't care what discipline that is all the way from those uh individuals who we don't give enough credit to who actually do amazing work in coffee shops and fast food restaurants and restaurants and everything like that who are not seen as lay like skilled laborers all the way up to the most like uh celebrated artisans of our time um everybody's got got skills and to be honest with you art, Art is a very specific skill that people take for granted a lot of the time. And also, it's the only reason a lot of people got through the quarantine. (laughs) Right? Like
1: Netflix, Uh, that's the biggest one I think of. Music is huge too, but I always think of Netflix. And those are all actors and producers and directors and costume designers and
0: boopity boopity boo. I mean, when you watch the ending credits of anything, you get you get a picture of how many people are working on every single thing you've ever watched. Mm -hmm. Even the cheapest made thing had probably at least 30 to 40 people working on it. It's just it's wild. Um, The things the things you just don't see when it's, it's, it's the same thing I talk with my younger students about my earlier voice students. I'm like. Go listen to a singer that you really like. Think about that singer. Think about their performance. Think about their voice. And the thing that a lot of my students don't often think about is they've always got a headphone in their ear and they're not really thinking about the music they're listening to. It's background. It's a part of their life, but passively. When you take something to passive participation, to active participation, it changes the way you think about something. And I think a lot of people are unwilling to understand that that active participation means supporting the people that create the things that they like.
1: Um, exactly. Well, that was
0: beautiful. So anyway, <laughs> so I, not, not to get too philosophical here, but I have been laid up with COVID for the last five days. <laughs> my, uh, my brain is possibly cooking inside of my head. We won't know until I find out if I have long COVID or not. Uh, she does. <laughs> yes. she's, she's, she's losing it she's a man uh,
1: <laughs> just want to let you know this episode is going to ta- contain uh, us talking about diet culture and weight loss and it um, and can be very triggering for some people so if this may be an episode to skip for some of those people and definitely feel free to let us know at what is our email <laughs> The QueermoCast at gmail.com. Uh, and that's it. Enjoy the episode.
0: So, <clears throat> Mama, we have not discussed our topic for today. Kind is that? I, I gave you a little preview of what I wanted to talk about today this morning. Um, she sure would you did. To, do you want me to describe would you, it? Yes. Would you care to pull it up and describe it to us uh, a little, a little bit?
1: Well, so she knows I love us, and I'm just gonna. I, I I do have a soft spot for the toxic masculinity. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And he, uh, no con- no, no context, continue it. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> Actually, I'm going to say that just real briefly. I do think a lot of queer people, and a lot of queer people that also kind of fit the gay male category, I do think we, um, we do really love toxic, masculine, cisgender, stereotypical male beauty. And I'm not going to lie, I like that, and I see how problematic it is. <laughs> and I know it's problematic. We need to celebrate non-binary queer people in all beauty. But when I see a hot Jim Bro, I
0: gotta tell you something about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I want. So yes, hot gym Bro, hundred percent. Can you please read the caption oh, that goes yeah. along with the hot Jim Bro I said to? I did. Because here's suicide here's after the rub. Because
1: <laughs> here, yeah, he. So he says. Comfort is a drug. It's addictive. (gasps) Give a weak man regular sex. Okay, I just, my penis went inside my body. Uh, Good food (laughs) and cheap entertainment. And he'll throw his ambitions right out of the window. The comfort zone is where dreams go to die. <gasps>
0: oh no! <laughs> that was so. So that's a quote from Henry Cavill. It's one of his tweets. He was one, He was the new Superman, I believe, right? In one of the newest Superman iterations.
1: I don't know. Um, he looks. But he looks like Wolverine with that beard.
0: He's he's a square jawed individual who happens to have won the genetic lottery for the specific genotypes that create the human beings that we consider the most conventionally attractive in today's world because um, not everybody, literally, not everybody is capable of developing the body that he currently has. Um, and as per, uh maintenance phase, them talking about Kamil Nanjiani, talking about how he had, how how he went through his <clears throat> system of creating the body that he has, and how difficult it is not just to maintain it, but to suddenly have that body and deal with what it means to have that body and the expectations that come along with that body. <laughs> yeah,
1: because. That body type is not sustainable unless Mm -mm. your job, just like we're talking about, we spend way too much time at work, but anyway, unless your job (laughs) is to maintain that body, and it would, it would be a full-time job, and even then not everyone could attain it. So, But when everyone starts complimenting that, that makes you feel like... So I was worthless before. My old body type and now I'm valuable to you because I have mm-hmm. this body type that I can't sustain. Like because
0: of it. And at any moment it can get ripped away from me if I get sick, if I get injured, if my body just suddenly changes. Exactly. If there's Yeah. It's wild. Because in this
1: country, we associate outer beauty and body type with morals and personality, which they're not even related.
0: (laughs) So, (laughs) so I wanted this to be a jumping off point for uh, a little, a little deep dive into actually us a little bit and sort of our journey with, this was actually one of our original reasons that we started the podcast and also our YouTube series. We wanted to talk more about our journey of what we were considering health and wellness and how our, ideas about that have changed over time and honestly Junko introducing us to the maintenance phase podcast really did a lot to change both of our mindsets on that in ways that I think we were already starting to move towards but just very slowly at a glacial pace (laughs) in comparison um because I read this quote and I immediately wanted to throw up and throw myself out a window Um, to like cry, kick and punch as Audrey said that one or Aubrey said that one time, I wanted to cry, kick and punch all at the same time. And then also defenestrate myself. Um, five years ago, I might have found that very motivational (laughs) and that's what hurts me. I think the most on the inside and I think not necessarily motivational, but it would have made me want to be like, should I be trying harder? I would have felt like maybe, maybe I was doing something wrong. Whereas now, I'm looking at it and thinking, thank goodness I don't think that. Thank goodness that is not a part of who I am. Um, But I think once upon a time, I was being trained to think that I was supposed to think that
1: way. And not even like once upon a time. I think 2019, November, I think that was the time you and I were going to have, I think that's when we started our YouTube channel and we had a blog for a brief period And for me, wellness was still so much wrapped in weight loss because... Sure. And let me tell you, the medical field is not good about nuance. (laughs)
0: Mm -mm. Even though, should be. Should be much better
1: about it. So in nursing school, and I'm assuming in medical school, even though I haven't gone there, um, we still Mm. are taught that weight is the problem and weight is the health issue where those studies were all correlational and not all causational.
0: Exactly. Well, and also they're all basing things off of a fucking bell curve. Like, who fits in the middle of a bell curve? I'm sorry, we're not all Henry Cavill.
1: And also (laughs) then they ignore the fact that some of the healthiest people Because like we learned on maintenance phase, they changed their BMI and overnight, so many people were now considered, quote unquote, overweight. Mm-hmm. And the healthiest people are in the overweight category because we need body fat. Yes, we do. And <laughs> and honestly, we're not even going to talk about that. We're not gonna even going to talk about what a healthy weight is or isn't because that is someone... It doesn't matter. What I'm saying is I for so long my life revolved around weight loss and now finally just ble- trying actually trying because my my wellness journey is still very problematic <laughs> <laughs> anyway i think i'm gonna but so yeah it was only even three years ago that i think you and i were still trying to set weight loss goals
0: We Well, I'd have to go back to the blog to, to, to read about myself, to be honest with you, because right before that, when I started student teaching was when I started recognizing that some of my thoughts about weight loss and health and wellness were not sustainable in the field and the area that I wanted to work. I didn't have time to get up at 430 in the morning to work out before I went to go teach. It just wasn't – it wasn't going to happen. Not five days a week. Maybe once a week I would have the energy to do that. Um, And so for me, moving into 2020, I started realizing that I needed to start focusing on the foods I liked eating – and yes, it was still very, very much based on quote unquote, clean foods, not clean foods, junk foods, blah, blah, blah. But that was around the time I started realizing I have to maybe that was when I got I, I moved the scale into the closet. Our scale used to sit out in our bathroom. And I actually started and I, I think it started to annoy my old roommate because I, I kept moving the scale and it wasn't technically mine. But I was like, I can't have it out. It can't be out. I stopped weighing myself between 2019 and 2020. That's when I stopped stepping on the scale. And then halfway through 2020, after we started listening, uh, because I believe we started listening to Maintenance Phase right in the fall, winter of 2020 into 2021, I think was when we first started listening, because I think it was cold. It was chilly. It might have been spring of 2020, like early spring, late late winter. Mm -hmm. But... I stopped, uh, I, my, my therapist and I started working on um, what should I do? Well, I stopped following a bunch of fitness blogs because I followed a bunch of trans individuals who were also fitness people. I was like, well, if I'm following queer people who are fitness people, then maybe I won't get sucked into some of these like specific stereotypes. And I'm not going to lie. The specific blogs I followed were just as bad. They were all exactly the same because they were all focused on gains bro like what are what are the macros what are the micros are you taking your measurements every day are you stepping on the scale and i'll be honest with you i've i've had a lot of disordered eating habits weighing food uh micromanaging how much like i literally would like measure out a cup of lettuce for fuck's sake like there's nothing in lettuce it's just it's it's just good for you eat it it has nutrients just put it in your body um so anyway um. Okay, yeah, I'm. I'm also kind of, kind of getting off on like seven different tangents here. But right. It's-, it's
1: hard not to because uh, I think where we're at now is quite recent, within three to four mm-hmm. years. And as a nurse, I still believe, <clears throat> I still believe in nutrition. I still believe in health, and I still believe in exercise. But we have to be more holistic about it. There is a whole picture and people have mm-hmm. problematic relationships with these things. And so Absolutely. Yeah, and also the the medical field and nursing, what it should be is meeting people where they're at and helping people achieve their goals, you know? Yes. And so if someone doesn't want to change their diet, that should not be a part of the process. And and where I'm coming from, too, is also as a person with chronic disease, right? I have Mm -hmm. depression. I have arthritis. I have chronic pain. And so I am always trying to improve my chronic pain, improve my energy level, improve my depression.
0: Absolutely. And
1: I have found that when I eat certain foods, I do better. And when I get physical activity, I do better. But... There's not a one-size-fits-all, and like you said, there's this, at- we also need to get rid of an attitude that um, if your depression is bad, it's because you're causing it with your own lifestyle.
0: Yes, because, yes, I do know that there are some behaviors that when I do them, things don't go as well for me. The thing that I've recently, like, really, really, really settled into is I have a very problematic relationship with alcohol. And I need to avoid it for emotional and physical reasons. My hangovers last two days and the emotional hangover can sometimes last a week I know. or longer. And I don't want to be around her. No, <laughs> it's just it's 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 messy. It's awful. Um, But technically, I could keep drinking and maybe be OK, but also not not really. Right. Um, dairy because I do have lactose issues. Technically, I could eat dairy and not die, but that doesn't mean I feel very good when I have it, and it doesn't mean that my day isn't different when I eat it. Um, and like, like, and honestly, like, I also have like mild chronic illnesses. I have severe allergies to everything, indoor and outdoor, and also have asthma. So I'm super careful about. Uh, trying like like trying not to give myself any uh, t- too much acid reflux because that makes my breathing difficult, and there are certain foods that I know, like I I just have to be careful about how much. I love sriracha sauce. I love spicy foods, but I have to be careful about not having too much of that at once because it sends my body into a spiral. Um, you know some some things can impact my health, but I've learned that there are some things I have to say no that's goodbye, and some things where I'm like, if you want it right now, just have it. Make that craving go away, and then move on, right? Like, you're craving it for a reason. Your body wants something. Maybe you should just give it to it. Right, and also,
1: Mm -hmm. to know that none of this is a moral issue. And, yeah, and and, and it's still complicated. And honestly, as a society, we don't have this down, because uh, um, what one of my mainstream—that's the word I'm looking for—mainstream <laughs> society is still in the extreme of it's all your fault if 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 you're ill if you're overweight if you're all these things it's all your fault and you need to do better, and that's just right. not true. And no, and that's the thing is we got to stop living in these extremes and realize that uh, the right answer is going to be different for different people.
0: That is, it's, it's really interesting that you say that because that is the way that teacher training is now implemented in a lot of uh, university programs and a lot of state accredited programs. That whole child learning means that every student comes in with a lived experience and a whole host of things about them that make them not an empty vessel. Once upon a time, <clears throat> it was, every child is the same. They are an empty vessel to be filled with knowledge. And the reality is, is that that's just not true of anybody. Whether they're coming into a classroom or they're coming into a medical clinic. No one is coming in as an empty slate or, or an empty vessel that needs to be filled. Like, people are coming in as they are. And every time I go to the doctor, I'm a different person than I was the last time they saw me. And the expectation is that they will treat me like the person I am now, not the person I was six months ago or a year ago, whenever it was the last time they saw me. You know
1: right because let's say you came to the doctor and your issue is chronic gastrointestinal issues and we find out you're lactose intolerant and you keep eating dairy <laughs> right cuz that's so many people in America cuz dairy is also secretly in everything and um it, it, <laughs> yeah. it's a, and also like we're from Wisconsin originally both of us and we're very proud of our cheese. <laughs> oh, the cheese.
0: I still tell people that Westby has the best cheese curds, even though I haven't eaten them in almost a decade. Exactly.
1: <laughs> As a medical professional, it would very be very easy to get frustrated with you, right? It would be very easy to be like, Girl, gotta cut out the cheese. But I like you said with your teacher model, a holistic model would realize that dairy might not be realistic for you, at least right now, to cut out. So to help you find solutions like taking lactate before you eat dairy and, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, and to troubleshoot that with other, <clears throat> other salute and to celebrate, uh, uh, maybe you switched to soy milk with your breakfast cereal. That's awesome. That's going to help you. So to have a more realistic model with people, because it's so easy to say, if you would just eat salad all the time and nothing else, you'd feel so much better. And I'm not even saying <laughs> that would be healthy, but th- some of these changes we're telling people to implement are not realistic. And then on the adver- the other side, as the healthcare provider. You're not, maybe you're not lactose intolerant. So you go home and binge eat cheese and you're fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and and that's the thing. Everybody is different and everybody has <clears throat> different exposures to things. Everybody has different upbringings and like, like culture, deeply held cultural beliefs or personal beliefs that they bring into it. And, you know, I, okay. So I, I kind of wanted to switch gears here for a second. Okay. I, we're, <clears throat> we're in the same place, but I wanted to just chat a little bit. Uh in the last, let's say, fifteen years, which is about half of our lives,
1: um, half of your life. I'm young. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey.
0: Oh, honey. Oh, honey. <laughs> uh, we are young. I will say that. But um, <clears throat> I am just curious. Um, get, let's, let, let let's go back and forth a little bit and say maybe like top two or three health trends that we fell victim to. Oh my like, god. Like really, really, really fell hard for in the last decade to about fifteen years. Yeah. I'm like, Do you, you want to go, go first? first? Oh you you want me to go first. Okay. <laughs> so I when I was in college, I fell so under the spell of like hot water with lemons and local honey. <laughs> that local honey would help me with my allergies. As a as a natural remedy, because a local honey was supposed to have the pollen and the nectars from the things that you were allergic to in your area. The problem is is that ingesting honey isn't going to do anything to to help with the the the, the or whatever it is, like the, the histamines that activate um or, or whatever whatever it is I'm I'm trying to remember how my allergist described it to me I am n- I'm not a medical purveyor um that activate when I am around an allergen that, that that really gets me going which is basically everything outside I have learned in the last five years um so I would drink a cup of hot water with lemon because lemons are detoxifying if you recall <laughs> <laughs> um the detoxifying power of lemons. <laughs> Um, and then lemon and then I would put because again, the master cleanse won't die, I would put cayenne pepper in it to zazz it up a little bit. But I wasn't doing it as an actual like I wouldn't replace a meal with oh, okay. it, I would just so drink say, it during the, the day.
1: Cleanse, yeah, that was your meal and that's insane. Yep.
0: No, and I, I never did that as a meal. I did do that actually in high school for two days. I was like, what the fuck? I say it's <laughs> insane, but
1: <clears throat> I've considered doing it. I didn't do it, but I had considered it.
0: I did it right around the time the Dreamgirls came out because Beyonce said that she did it, and I tried it because someone told me to.
1: (laughs) Well, and you see these beautiful people, and you're like, well, maybe I just gotta... We always have this mindset of we want to jumpstart weight loss, jumpstart weight loss. And you're like... exactly. If I just starve myself for a month, I can jumpstart my weight loss.
0: (laughs) And no, you can't because that's not how our bodies work. But anyway, your fad... Next. Let's just go back and forth. I
1: definitely did the cabbage soup diet.
0: Oh, I actually remember that. I remember you telling me about that. And here's
1: the thing. It's a good soup, guys. It's good. (laughs) It is.
0: I mean, I love cabbage and I love a broth, so I wouldn't mind it. Exactly.
1: It's a good soup. But when you only eat cabbage soup, that's all you eat. That's what the cabbage soup diet is. It's your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's all you're eating. Honey, <laughs> that's no way to live.
0: <laughs> now, were you doing purple cabbage or like napa cabbage or just regular green cabbage?
1: I just did. You do green cabbage, and then it is like a there's tomato in the broth, so it's kind of a tomatoy cabbage soup. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> I actually,
0: mm, that does sound good. <laughs> I actually, I
1: actually still make that soup to this day because it was a good soup, but it has no calories. Like there's basically nothing in it but cabbage and tomato sauce.
0: I was going to say maybe like saute up some like crispy tofu and then put that on top to give it a little a little you know what i mean like like yeah. just anything to get or some onions to give it a little bit more body maybe some lentils in it and to they're give it a little, like, little more body. You,
1: but it was one of those diets where it's like I can only eat paper, but I can eat as much paper as I, <laughs> I want. I can eat as
0: much paper as I want. Yeah, you're just getting full off of like liquids. Yeah, and a little bit, a little bit of fiber to keep things moving. But you're, you're just, you're just there. Your body has nothing to use, I imagine. And I know
1: <laughs> lots of people who are in recovery from eating disorders and diet culture uh, roll their eyes at the term lifestyle change because it's often just a pseudonym for diet.
0: I mean, it's control F. Like, it's, you know what I yeah. mean? It's like, it's find and replace. That's all it is.
1: But for me, an actual lifestyle change is something positive you're changing and you plan to make permanent. Yes. Because it, cause it has to be sustainable. So any.
0: There's the word. Yeah. There it is. So any yes.
1: change to whatever if it's not sustainable it's not an actual lifestyle or so the cabbage soup diet that ain't sustainable
0: no it could be malnourished (laughs) well and here's the thing i love i will eat raw raw i will eat raw red cabbage on top of a salad i love that it tastes great i like the way it tastes and i like the way it adds extra crunch but like i also put like seven different vegetables if I have them and then like tofu and then my favorite dressing. Like I'm not, I don't do no weak ass salad.
1: Like. <laughs> and anyone listening to this, it may sound like we're still in recovery from diet culture. And I'm just going to say, it cause we are,
0: we are. Um, <laughs> cause sometimes and we're when also... we talk,
1: I even in myself, I I'm constantly analyzing is, am I still consumed by diet culture or is this real? And you know what? I may never know.
0: <laughs> well, I think it's sort of like being in recovery from anything. Yeah. Like it's it's a lifelong pursuit of just continuing to remind yourself day after day after day, one day at a time, blah blah blah. Follow the steps. Um but like really, truly, I I've, I didn't mean for that to come out like cuz it it's it's real and it's true. Um you you find that out. But I do think sometimes going back and we're not laughing at anybody else. We're laughing at ourselves. I also yeah. want to make that very explicit right now. We're laughing at ourselves not because we actually are like mad or hate ourselves, but because we're able to see the ridiculousness of the thing now, but also can still see and feel all the reasons why we got swept up in it. Yeah, and could see myself doing it again. I can. Yeah. You know? And that's why I need to talk about why it's ridiculous. Yeah. Why I shouldn't get Swept back up in it again. Um Because the next one I want to bring up, and you, you and I both did this, replacing every single meal with a smoothie. Yeah. And that was big in the early 20-teens to the mid-20-teens. Smoothies. And what- Smoothies became a thing. And what instigated that, I think for both of
1: us, was the Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead documentary. Yes. Because- so, you and I have always been very educated about nutrition. So, we love
0: food movies. Yes. Partially because we also just love food. <laughs> like, I- and so
1: when we, for me, was, I look back, I have some doubt. Anyway, um, watching that documentary, this guy reverses his chronic illness and loses a ton of weight. It's very inspiring in a um, diet culture, sick mentality kind of way. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I remember being like, well, there's so much good fiber and nutrients and all that stuff. So let's just do it with smoothies.
0: <laughs> that was my <laughs> thought process. And I just remember I got a Nutribullet for Christmas one year. Mm-hmm. And Could have been from me, I'm I, not sure. <laughs> it, it might have actually been, been, been the one that you left. But I also had, I got a Ninja. <clears throat> um, And I still have it. I make smoothies in it all the time because I actually like smoothies. But... <clears throat> There was at one point in time, and it was when I was living in D.C. that it got the worst, where I would bring three smoothies in a cooler. Mm-hmm. I have my breakfast smoothie. I have my lunch smoothie and my dinner smoothie. And here's the problem. Smoothies are best. drank immediately. after Immediately. You blend immediately after you blend them. Because they oxidize.
1: And these are real smoothies, like with real fruits and vegetables. Fruits and
0: vegetables and water and soy milk. Not the fruit
1: concentrate you get at like a Starbucks. Because a Starbucks smoothie is delicious, but not healthy. <laughs> no, they taste so good though, and
0: occasionally I want that. I want that overly silky kind of like texture mm-hmm. from like a mango, a mango puree. Yeah, um, which is uh, which again, blend it with a banana and some soy milk. I'm happy, and, um, and also it's like okay a treat to
1: have. Like that's the thing. Yes, I, I when I say these things, I still hear a little bit of judgment in my voice, and I don't mean that to be, but it'll probably always be there.
0: W- yeah, we're 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 working on it, and and we're constantly working on it. the fact that we can admit that 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 a change has been made is actually a huge step like because I feel like again two years ago two three years ago we would have been dancing around this and feeling really uncomfortable thank about you it. I uh, am very brave yes yes I'm so- <laughs> I want to celebrate our bravery um but I think for me okay so so smoothies but by the time I got to the dinner smoothie it didn't matter how cold I kept it it tasted so bad <laughs> it tasted and all of the seeds had just settled to the bottom no matter how hard you shook it and it was just terrible <laughs> and your you're just gray, gray because, again, it oxidizes. It turns gray. Everything in it, it turns like gray and brown or, like, dark green, murky green brown. Murky um, brun in Norwegian because I'm starting to learn Norwegian. Um, and I'm literally plucking my nose like this and just chugging it. Like, I'm not enjoying it eating no I'm just I'm so miserable so yeah and then I I
1: went through a phase where I was just trying to be as healthy as I could so I'd make a smoothie that was all vegetables no fruit
0: I'd and you put so much parsley in it I put parsley or cilantro in it cilantro
1: yeah because they detoxify heavy metals and spirulina (laughs) hey the spirulina was fine (laughs)
0: Is there still some in your fridge? Uh, um, did I touch a nerve? I'm so sorry. Uh, but uh,
1: oh, terrible! Just drinking uh drinking spices.
0: Um. But uh, but no, like so. And for me, it, it was it was the year I lived in DC mm. where that was probably the the heaviest. Um, and don't get me wrong, like <clears throat> starting my day with a smoothie. That's still how I do it. Some days when it's hot outside, or I have a big bowl of oatmeal with. Some uh, some like peanut butter or some hemp seeds and frozen fruit, or like my 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 favorite thing is just like apple and cinnamon, um, with a little bit of brown sugar or maple syrup, like. And see,
1: <clears throat> that's what's so hard about trying to get away from diet culture and this like these lifestyles that are either eating disorders or borderline eating disorders. Mm-hmm. What's hard is. Nutri- nutrition science is still very new and very all over the place. Yeah. And so there are foods that are <clears throat> healthy for healthier for us, and there are foods that aren't healthier for us. It's okay to indulge and eat both, obviously, but it's not a one size fits all model. No. And it's hard to navigate. And so it's it is it's hard to Want to um sincerely inquire what's healthy and not sound like you're still wrapped up in diet culture
0: i I think well, <clears throat> and that's part of the reason I wanted to go back through the fads that we really fell into because I think mm-hmm. <clears throat> they um often, like most things in life, started off kind of innocent, right? They were things that we enjoyed already. We both liked drinking smoothies before we did this. yeah, <clears throat> and then, It was one of those things where it was like, well, if one is good, then more must be better. (laughs) But in reality, I know myself. I am quintessential Taurus. I love food. (laughs) I love eating. (laughs) I love cooking. Jay and I do a movie, uh, a movie day theme on Sundays. And one of our favorite themes is food porn movies, where we just choose a movie that is just all about beautiful food. And then Mm. part of that theme is we both have to choose something to make for dinner that night that is more complicated than we normally make something fancier or more just some and and more like indulgent and more fun. Excuse me. Covid, um, <laughs> I know.
1: There's gonna be so much throat clearing. I think it's for me. I went for a hike yesterday, and I think I'm just all froggy. Yeah, just allergy. And, <laughs> and KJ has Covid. There's gonna be so much throat clearing. We that apologize. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's uh, so I would say my last one to do to kind of round it out with three. Um, mm-hmm. my last one was it was I told myself for the longest time when I first started to eat more plant-based that it wasn't doing it for weight loss. I was doing it because it was better for me and because I felt better when I ate that way and nothing exists in a vacuum. So it was true that, um, cause I had already cut out meat, meat and meat was easy. I still had fish every now and then when I wanted sushi really badly, but that was basically it. So it was like twice a year. Um, and I had mostly cut out dairy but I still had eggs, even though every now and then I would have eggs and feel really sick, like just like terrible stomach, like, bleh. um, so I knew that, that, that cutting all of those things out was better because dairy made me haywire for about, <laughs> for, yeah, it, it, it just, it set my system into chaos. Um, I had, I hadn't eaten meat in like a year and a half at that point in time. And, but then I was like, and I'm going to get skinny. And I'm going to lose weight. And Mm. the problem with that line of thinking is exactly what Aubrey and Mike talk about all the time, which is eventually your body finds stasis. It wants to get to homeostasis. It wants to level off. So, yeah, when you first change up your diet, you do. But then you settle into a routine and your body kind of settles into place wherever that is. Um, And that bothered me. So what would I do? I would change up the way I was eating plant based and I would start having like a giant plate of just raw vegetables. And that was lunch, even though my favorite thing in the world is to over saute to a crisp in like Italian Mm -hmm. dressing tofu. Still my favorite thing to do borderline burning my tofu with like the oil and the herbs from Italian dressing and the vinegar. You stop! Oh, it. oh, it's so good. You stop. But If you look at the back of a, of a, a thing of dressing, which I don't suggest you do unless you're looking for allergens, um, <laughs> you get like, Oh no, I can't do that. And then, so yeah, that was, that was a big thing for me. was plant-based in general started off that way. And then I got away from it for a while. I was like, no, you're, you're eating this way because it's the way your body feels good, but have as many snacks as you want. buy that vegan indulgence who gives a shit just eat eat food and then i would loop back around i would watch like fed up that movie that um that uh, katie kirk did about sugar and i'd be like oh now i have to cut out all the vegan things i like that have too much sugar in them um and never eat them again um so that was a big thing for me was like plant-based or veganism as healthy lifestyle but secretly just about getting skinny, getting thin. Yeah. Um, or building muscle because more muscle means more calories burnt or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Like it was all the same. <laughs> Raises
1: your basal metabolic rate. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like even talking about it now, I'm trying, like I'm trying not, cause there are people who like, that's how they live their lives. And I don't want to shit on anybody's or, like, like life or yuck their yum. But it's just, when I hear those words, I'm immediately like, Ooh, that's like, no, don't take me back there. Don't take me back there. I can't. Um, yeah, because ultimately you look back and you
1: realize I spent all that time obsessed with weight loss instead of just living my fucking life. Oh, exactly.
0: And, and it didn't even work. Um. Well, and, and it, it didn't work in the ways that I thought it would. Um, mm-hmm. And ultimately created more issues, you know, because even when it was, quote unquote, working, not only was it not permanent, but also it was creating a lot of other issues logistically in my life. Um, so I'm curious. Do you have a third one?
1: Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, I can definitely validate the going because ve- um, going vegan is so multifaceted, right? It's a political statement. It's an animal rights statement. Um and also, when I went vegan, it, I expanded what I was eating. Uh, yeah, I was I was cooking so many more foods than I cooked before because before the meal always revolved around like the meat or something, and now I was um, I I discovered broccolini. <laughs> Ooh, she <laughs> you know, was
0: adventurous.
1: Exactly, cooking asparagus and all sorts of different types of peppers. So, um, going vegan for me has been very fun, but at the same time, I definitely um, went in with the mindset of losing weight as well. But I don't want that to be my thing because I still love veganism and think you can be vegan and not obsessed. with Oh, absolutely!
0: Weight loss. And I've I've looped back around there for the most part. I'm I'm way less focused there than I was, but. I went. I went when when I first went there. That was my focus for at least two years, two three years, yeah. um, and probably for longer. Uh, <laughs> that's generous. Anyway, but what's your third? Oh,
1: let's think. Um, so definitely tried intermittent fasting.
0: Oh,
1: and so intermittent fasting is when. Uh, a common ratio is to fast for 16 hours and then only let yourself eat for eight. Um, but some people do it to the extreme where they fast for like 20 hours and then you have a four hour window to eat. Here's the problem with intermittent <laughs> fasting when you have an issue with food <laughs> is you're binge eating. You're bi- You're just fucking binge eating yeah. and just eating it all <laughs> and loving it. And then, And then you know what? It's seven o'clock at night. You're supposed to stop and begin your fast. No,
0: fuck it. Just keep eating. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna say, and, and 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 or you do go through the fast and you're sad and upset. Oh. <laughs>
1: And so what I did, because I knew I liked to eat at night, was I would not eat in the morning. So I wouldn't let myself eat until, like, noon or something. Oh,
0: my God. So you had no chewing foods before before noon?
1: (laughs) And no liquid foods. Only water and black coffee. And so... God, you must have been um, a jittery mess some days. Well... What happens is you're so tired <laughs> and you're like, why, why am I so tired? Why,
0: why must the
1: sun shine?
0: I just, I'm, I remember, I remember your intermittent fasting phase. Um, Cause you would sometimes text me or leave me voicemails. And sometimes you would text me and night and you'd be like, well, I ate the kitchen.
1: <laughs> right or or he, I would leave you a voicemail that was just two minutes of yelling. Yeah. And, and then in an hour go. Oh, you know what? I was just hungry. And, <laughs> no, I mean,
0: there were de- definitely, definitely messages where you'd be like, I couldn't fucking believe that this fucking happened. And I'd, I'd yeah. be, and then yeah, you would you would text me later and be like, so I had dinner. <laughs> and don't oh, get me wrong, I'm yeah. <laughs>
1: That was just a normal human interaction. <laughs> and I just didn't have any sugar in uh,
0: my blood. I mean, and at the time, we were probably both still working for the siren, or you were at the time, and you were definitely just like, I hate her, I hate her.
1: <laughs> and that's the thing. Yeah, you cannot deal with customers uh, on an empty stomach.
0: Mm. you kill them. And the number of times I tried, <laughs> J- mm-hmm. jazzed up on coffee and absolutely no food. Um, and <laughs> I... I so I I think it's good for us to talk this out um because I think both of us have had very different journeys and very different viewpoints on it and very different reasons that also are Venn diagrams and concentric circles that overlap like mm-hmm. um in so many ways and what I think we're both realizing like like I I'll, I'll speak for myself something that I am really really realizing is I will I I have I have phases and periods of time where I'm like going strong. I'm I'm eating the way I want to eat. I'm doing what I want to do. And then I will have like a single day or even a single moment that just snaps me out of it in a way that is so painful and so and so broken down that I I, I slip and I start thinking, well, should I go grab the tape measure? Like, I haven't, I haven't measured myself uh, around the waist and around the hips for probably a year and a half now. But there was a period of time there, particularly during the roughest part of quarantine, and before then, where I was measuring myself four times a day, as if my body were going to change proportions that much in four hours. Yeah. What a fucking nightmare. What a bummer.
1: <laughs> and just show us how... Much of your mind was occupied by that. Day
0: in, day out. Erin, uh, what is, Erin uh, Harrop, I believe was her name on the episode of Maintenance Phase, who deals with eating disorders and people who are mm-hmm. not below a certain BMI. So people who do identify as fat who also have eating disorders. Um, and yeah, I was listening to that episode and I was like, oh, um, well... If I go down the line and check some boxes, oh dear. Oh. Because <laughs> I never would have categorized, that, categorized myself that way at the time.
1: No, and that is because we still, as a, and in the medical profession, it's still a, eating disorders are associated with thin people unless it is binge eating disorder. Uh-huh.
0: And... Which is new, yeah.
1: also too. Binge eating disorder is a newer classification within maybe 10 to 15, maybe it's not 20 years, but still, it's a relatively newer uh, eating disorder right. classification. Exactly.
0: Even if it was from the 80s, because sometimes do you ever catch yourself doing this? Like, the 80s were 20 years ago. It's like, no, they were 40 years ago. <laughs> What is wrong with my brain? <laughs> exactly. Even if it
1: was from the 80s, it would be relatively newer compared to Exactly. Other... It's just yep.
0: 20 to 40 years ago cuz oh no. I know. <laughs> that is
1: I I still drive around the little town I'm from and go. When did they build that? <laughs> oh. F- 40 years ago, oh, sure.
0: Or it's... or like like 2010, which I'm like that was 5 years ago. It's like nope, that was almost 15 years ago. Good. I know. Lord. Anyway, um but to sort of start bringing us in for a landing here, um, Let's land. I so I do still work as a as an instructor at a fitness facility. Um, I work, and at, that's because exercise is wonderful, well, and, 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 and everyone is. should
1: move their body. But I do
0: try to avoid using certain terminology in my classes now. Um, I don't call them fitness classes anymore. I don't even like calling them workout classes anymore because of the connotation they hold and people will sometimes show up to my class with the mindset of which 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 parts of your class are for like weight loss, which parts of your class are for like toning and like and I'm, I the only thing I use now is cardio, we're getting your heart rate up because it's good to get your heart rate up. And then Mm -hmm. this is for resting in between those moments and for strength building. We're strengthening the core. We're strengthening certain – because I also work with different populations. I work with the elderly population or, like, people who are moving into those golden years. And a lot of the focus is we want to make sure you have a strong core so that back keeps working for you.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Um, and so a lot. Of and our focus <clears throat> is
1: being able to walk. Exactly. Not, <laughs> not <laughs> trying to get Instagram fit.
0: <laughs> no. And I, can't, I just <clears throat> I will have people ask me that sometimes after class. It happens a lot less now because people now recognize that I'm not going to give them the answer they're looking for. But when I first started teaching, I would have people come up to me and say, like, so what are the optimal ways that I should be like refueling myself after class? And a lot of times I would say, what do you like to eat for lunch? go eat that like go have lunch or if it was one of my evening classes i'm like i don't know do you like ramen kazama's over there they have some amazing soups go have a fucking soup like go eat something like eat the foods you like to eat like we're Mm not i'm not gonna give you tips on like i'm not gonna like biohack your life i'm sorry i just re-listened to the um to the to to, to the halo top episode (laughs)
1: You didn't even I definitely went through a halo top phase. I mean, we
0: I mean, we will do this episode again in a different Ugh. in a different capacity cuz we could talk Love forever. That. I could also talk about my flat abs diet phase right at the end of high school into college. Uh, what a nightmare. <laughs> um, I could talk about when my mom put us on the south beach diet. Bigger bummer. Um, cuz I was 14. Yeah. 13 14. Um, and I
1: bought that cookbook and let me tell you. Those recipes were too complicated. They were too complicated. And also the food
0: sucked. So complicated right, for no payoff.
1: You shopped for so long. You cooked for hours. And then it
0: sucked. It tasted like nothing. So uh, the moral of the story is, fuck the South Beach diet. Uh, <laughs> but, but also, um, uh, we want we want to be very, very clear. Everybody's on their journey. Everybody's trying to figure it out. And for us, where we are now currently at, we have learned we have to go back and look at the different parts of our life and give ourselves encouraging hugs, but also the tiniest little, like, auntie slaps on the face. Mm -hmm. Like, what were you doing? What was that all about? Because... I think, honestly, that's a big part of how we have always healed together about things is we got to find a little bit of humor in this or we are going to throw ourselves out the window.
1: Um, Absolutely. And not to look back with regret because it happened. And also, diet culture is still so pervasive in this society that to be proud that we're actually on this journey. Exactly. You know, and Rather than it. regret the past. And we, yeah, so... Um, I love what you're doing with your workout classes that, and see, I just use the word workout, but um, whatever you want to call
0: it, exercise classes. I usually say um, movement classes now because that's what we're doing. We're yeah. moving our bodies, and I tell people to move their bodies the way they want to move them. If you don't like the way I'm moving my body, you don't have to move your body that way. Fun fact to anybody who's ever taken a like lead, a lead exercise class you don't have
1: to do what the instructor's yeah, I' don't like it. I'm now getting into yoga, and one thing I love about our yoga classes mm. is they always say, if this doesn't feel good, don't do it.
0: Please! Your yeah. body is not my body. I can move my body in a way you can't sometimes, and you can move your bodies in way, the ways I can't sometimes.
1: And yoga is all about contorting your body into the weirdest positions. And so they're always like, a stretch should feel good, maybe a little bit intense, it never hurt. Yeah. It should never hurt. It's
0: about finding that that burn in between. Cuz yeah, a good stretch is going to is it's it's what it says, stretch. You're trying to find more more length, more space, whatever however you think about it. So anyway.
1: Yeah. And so as a nurse, what I'm trying to do is bring together what is actually helpful <laughs> with um with recognizing uh things that aren't factual and things that are based in lies or that just aren't evidence based and then also being holistic about it and realizing that everyone's journey is different yeah. just because someone may do something that maybe isn't the healthiest doesn't mean that's bad for them and in fact for them it might be the healthiest thing possible
0: yeah and just like learning where our biases lie is actually one of the most important ways to move forward in just about anything. That's in anti-racist work. That's in becoming more open-minded about queer people. If you happen to be straight, um, if you happen or to be queer, yeah, or or queer because <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, where where am I gaze at who had some problematic beliefs um, <laughs> when they were figuring it out. No, it's, it's uh, recognizing where those biases are and not beating yourself up about them, but recognizing how you can move forward is actually a part of the human condition that I wish more of us were more willing to live in because that discomfort becomes such a relief when you're able to finally move past it. It's like finding the strength and the space in the stretch. Ooh. <laughs> you got you got to work through it before you can figure out how far you can push it.
1: Um well, thank you everyone for coming on this journey with us and and also let us know um your experiences with this cuz we would love to do another episode on this and Hear what kind of what thoughts and feelings came up for you while you listened.
0: Absolutely, you can write into us at thequeermocast at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook book page, thequeermocast, um, and an Instagram uh, at thequeermocast. Um, yeah,
1: we'd love to hear if you were like, I never thought of this, or I had gone on this crazy diet, or be like, Hey, I listened and I found this very triggering, and then maybe we can be like, Oh yeah, never. Thought of that, you know? Absolutely. You know.
0: Yeah, you know, because know that's I mean? how we learn. And I think learning how to deliver criticism is just as important as learning how to take critique and criticism. So just remember, um, if somebody if, if somebody happens to comment you don't agree with their comment, keep it kind. You know, you could tell somebody you don't agree without totally nailing them to the wall. Um, so you know, just wanted to throw that out there. But thank you all been so much. Since <laughs> I've been nailed to the wall. Mm. Something special. Uh, <laughs> that was a wild summer. Um, well, shall we? Here we go. All right, Slancha. Ooh. ooh. There's nothing left. I had a little <laughs> bit of mine left. I have a little bit of the ritual fake whiskey in here with a little bit of oh. lemonade. It's actually and uh, soda water. It's very good. It's delicious. Ooh. 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 Mm. <laughs>
1: Well, there we go. I'm just going to stop right here.